Betting against Tom Brady is a bad idea. If you're a sports better, you've come to the right place. I want to talk to you about the best kept secret in college basketball. That would be the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs, who are a covering machine. This is Send It with Willie Betts. Hello and welcome to Send It. I am your host, Willie Betts. This is the newest and coolest sports betting podcast out there, and I'm super excited to get it rolling. You know, last March, so March of 2020, my sports betting show that I host was coming to an end. It's just a college football and college basketball sports betting show. Beat the Bookie is the name of the show. So it runs from March to September, I should say September to March. And I was thinking, I got to keep putting sports betting content out there. I was really enjoying it. And people were telling me, oh, you should start a podcast. You should start a YouTube show, maybe a Twitter. And in my head, I'm thinking, people are already doing that. I wanted to do something that was unique, that was original, that hadn't been done. So I'm, I'm thinking, like, all right, what, what app is, is popular out there that you're not going to find sports betting content on or wouldn't expect to? And around the same time, TikTok started to blow up, and so I, met a, I made a sports betting TikTok page. And as far as I know, it was the very first TikTok page where a guy was putting out sports betting plays. I believe that we have a lot more of those since, but... Ten months ago, Willie Betts was was it on TikTok, and uh, unfortunately, a week after I started the channel was when sports shut down, which was a shame because Gardner Webb and, and Hofster were were covering for us. So I was thinking in quarantine, all right, I'll, I'll get the TikTok back up and rolling, and I did so in August when the NBA came back and Major League Baseball came back, and. It really wasn't until October where I started to gain traction on TikTok. Um, I think at the start of October, maybe mid-October, I only had like 80 or 90 followers. And then I got hot with college football at one point, won eight straight bets, 11 out of 12. And the followers skyrocketed, went north of 5,000. And here we are in January and the page continues to grow. So I really appreciate all of you. I'm sure a lot of people listening to the show um, follow the TikTok, so I, I appreciate your support, and I appreciate you you coming on to listen to Send It. Before we get rolling, I want to shout out Vigit. You can place your bets for free on the app. If you're a sports better, you'll love it. I can promise you that. And if you go download the app and type in referral code WILLYBETS, you can get 2,500 free Vitcoins to start betting. Pretty awesome deal there from my friends at Vigit. So just talking a little bit about how this podcast is going to work. You know, as much as I love Barstool, pardon my take, this is not going to be a two-hour podcast. Short and sweet. Going to try to make every show between 15 and 30 minutes. It's not going to be daily, but I'm going to try to put out a few every week. And, you know, the thing about TikTok is that I love TikTok. I would not be doing this, this podcast right now if it were not for TikTok. But... It only gives me a minute to record videos. I can't tell you the number of times I've ranted about a sports bet and had to redo it because I went over a minute. This is going to give me a chance to dive in to the slate, to, to talk about different sports betting trends, to talk about different spreads, different totals. It also gave me a chance to interview a lot of cool people, which I'm excited about. We're going to have Brad Thomas later on in the program from NBC Sports. 
Now, this particular episode is not going to feature different spreads from games tonight. And the reason for that is because I'm recording on a Monday. Because this is a brand new podcast, first episode, Apple is going to take several days, perhaps, to approve the new podcast. So it just wouldn't make a lot of sense if I was talking about the Nets minus seven line tonight against the Heat if you're listening to this three days later. But in the future, I'm definitely going to talk about different NBA and college basketball spreads. All right, Super Bowl 55 is now set. Buccaneers and Chiefs, the Bucs are the first ever team to host a Super Bowl at their home stadium. Isn't that wild? You know, every year a team that gets into the playoffs that has the Super Bowl at their home stadium that year, I'm always thinking, how cool would it be if they got a home game for the Super Bowl, have home field advantage, Every fan in the stands is is rooting for their team. How cool would that be to be able to have a home game at the Super Bowl? And the one year a team makes it to the Super Bowl that's the hosting team, the one year that happens is a COVID year. I mean, oh my gosh, can you believe that? They're still going to have 22,000 fans there, which is a decent amount, but it's not going to be the same field, same home field advantage they would have had without COVID. Um, 7,500 fans, by the way that are going to be in attendance will be vaccinated healthcare workers. So that's awesome that they're getting to go to the big game. Chiefs open is a three-point favorite. The Bucks are plus 160. The total is 57. Looking at this right away, the line is tricky. I mean, you have two quarterbacks who I hate betting against. I made the mistake of betting against Tom Brady on Sunday against the Packers. He made me pay. He, sure, sure, yeah, he threw three interceptions, but he got the job done in the end. I very rarely bet against Tom Brady. I made that mistake on Sunday. Then you have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, has the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl. He's another guy that, you know, you don't want to bet against. I remember studying that Bills plus three and a half line and thinking that had maybe a little bit of value, but I was like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is playing, no thanks. I'm not touching that. I think the only time I bet against Pat this entire year was week one against Houston. The Texans were a nine-and-a-half-point underdog plus nine-and-a-half. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a decent bet. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Pat Mahomes blows him out. So I, I don't like betting against uh, Patty Mahomes. Looking at the total, I love the over in this game. Love it. Over 57. You have two explosive offenses. Both are putting up 30 points a game in the playoffs. I mean... Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady, the quarterbacks, you cannot take the under when it's Pat Mahomes against Tom Brady. You just can't do it. The total's at 57. I think that's going to go up a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if that was 60, 61 at kickoff. I just think everyone's going to be pounding the over. So I would not be surprised to see that move. When you look at recent history, in seven of the last 10 years, the over is hit in the Super Bowl. And I, I think this has the makings to be a shootout when you consider the two QBs. Not just the two QBs, but the two offenses as well. I mean, Fournette is is playing really well. Clyde edwards Lair on the other side for Kansas City. A lot of talented receivers. Both teams have a great receiving core. Tyreek Hill, Godwin, Gronk. I mean, it's going to be tough to, to, to defend some of those guys. I mean, both teams' defenses are solid. But I really think that the best bet you can make right now in the Super Bowl is taking the over 57.
It is now time to welcome to the show Mr. Brad Thomas. He's a co-host of the What's the Spread podcast, also my colleague at BetKarma.com. Additionally, Brad is a soccer betting analyst for NBC Sports. Brad, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, any day I get to talk about sports is a day that I'm happy, so I'm glad you had me on. How's the weather down there in Orlando? Probably uh, a little bit better than what I'm dealing with up here in Syracuse, New York. Oh, oh, the weather's beautiful. <laughs> I, like I went out, I went out this weekend. Um, I put on a sweater and I think probably five minutes in, I was taking the sweater off cause I was sweating. It was like low seventies, like beautiful weather. Pretty wild day in the NFL, Brad. You got the Bucks and the Chiefs both advancing to the Super Bowl, And you know, Brad is a Packers better. I gotta admit, I'm still a little bit salty about how things went down. <laughs> People coming at me on TikTok for saying the refs impacted the result. You, of course, in Florida, around a lot of Buccaneers fans, the very late pass interference call that came in, that's what secured the win for Tampa. In your mind, Brad, do Packers betters have a reason to be upset? I don't think so. I watched the replay a couple times, and I mean, if you're going to call it by the book, the jersey was tugged, so you have to call it. I mean, I can understand if it was like a slight tug, but like it was a good, like, three yards across the field while he's holding on to the jersey which for me I was like they were letting them play all game Brad they were letting them play all game yes but you have to you have to remember that the, at the time they called this that changes the pass the entire that changes the entire route so and yeah you're gonna let them play but when it's a pivotal moment in the game you can't just be like you have to you have to you have to think to yourself as a ref does this impede the actual play does it mm-hmm alter his route if he wasn't being held or delayed would he have caught the ball it's just bad timing but I mean as a ref you have to call that I guess just my problem with the whole thing and something I try to do as a play-by-play announcer is indicate how late a call was and that has to be the latest call I've ever seen in my life I mean it literally happened five seconds after the play was over the flag came in and if Here's my thing. If there's any other quarterback in the league that threw that pass, would they have gotten a flag there? I don't think so. They got the flag because it was Tom Brady. I think that it was one of it was in the hands of the ref to make the judgment call. But then after thinking about it, I think he, it took him a lot longer to process of how bad, how egregious was this call? Like, like how bad was was the pass interference in? Of course, the Brady effect affects a little bit, but you have to remember it's it's pretty even on the other side of the ball. There's Aaron Rodgers, and he has the same effect. You give those superstars those calls, and I mean, I had no skin in the game outside of being a Bucks fan, but financially, I didn't bet on the game. I actually, short story, I had a um, I had a Chiefs Packers parlay, and a few hours before game time, I cashed out my parlay, and I was like, oh, "There's no smart. way both favorites win. There's no way both favorites win." So. Watching the game, I was static that there's going to be a, a Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. I mean, look, we have a 13-year drought with no no Tampa Bay in the playoffs, and now they're going to the Super Bowl. With that call specifically, I'm the type of I'm the type of better, and I'm the type of person who believes wholeheartedly that one play does not dictate the entire game. Because from my standpoint, the Packers had the entire game; they had the entire time to try to win that football game. Well, they, sh- they should have one, gone for it on fourth down. The 100% should have gone for it. The field goal, the goal was dumb. That was the, the, why? You're, why? Why do you kick the field goal there? Like, Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Yes, go for it. And also Aaron Rodgers lost the game when he didn't run it. What was that first and goal? And he had that wide open hole. 
like oh. to the right. Yeah, he, he could have ran the ball in. I know. I so know. There, there were plenty of opportunities for the Packers to win the game there. I want to dive in to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs open as a three-point favorite. The Bucks are plus 160, and the total is at 57. What are your initial thoughts hearing that, and what's your best bet? My best bet, I'm going to take the over. Yes. Um, yes I got yes, the over yes. what I get at 56 and a half. Um, and I, I just think that regardless of who wins the Super Bowl, these are two teams who will each put up the 28 point mark. The Chiefs have the Chiefs have shown that they're one of the best offenses to ever walk this planet. Well, the Bucks, the good thing about the Bucks is their defense over the past few weeks has put them in positions to score. You think about the Bucks of old, um, the Warren Sat Bucks. One thing that their defense did really well was they they got a lot of turnovers, but they got a lot of turnovers on their side of the field, which short fields, you know, that's that's great for the over. We're gonna love the short fields. And Mahomes has proven that regardless of how sloppy they've come out in the past games, they're going to score and they're going to make a competitive battle. So that leads me to believe that we're going to get a ton of points here. The weather should be great down in Tampa and it's going to be rocking and rolling, man. I mean, these guys are paying $9,000 for tickets to go to this game. You better believe they're going to put on a show for the fans. The awesome thing about the Super Bowl is that you can bet on anything and everything. The over-under on the national anthem time, the coin flip, how many outfits the weekend's going to wear. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Do you normally bet on stuff like that, or are you just sticking to the football? So on what's, on the what's the spread, every Super Bowl we do, we break down our – we'll probably do about five of our favorite exotic prop bets. Mm-hmm. Um, this year's going to be a little bit different because if I remember correctly, the anthem might be pre-recorded or – there's a, there's a lot of factor that, in. That, that is interesting. I would take the under if it was pre-recorded. Yes. Take the under pre-recorded. So we're going to go through and it's going to be different because you think about all the past Super Bowls that we've had always involved the Patriots. So we knew what color the Gatorade they typically were going to have. We knew we even had film on the Eagles Gatorade showers. We don't have any film on Tampa Bay's Gatorade showers. We haven't been in the Super Bowl in 15 years. Red Gatorade. It's a red team, Brad. Got it. I don't know. I red Gatorade. Is that, that too that, obvious? It's too obvious. It feels like such a sucker <laughs> bet. Like it's going to be something like a blue Gatorade and everyone's going to be like blue. Why blue? Yeah, that's, that's probably my, uh, my favorite Super Bowl bet every year, betting on the Gatorade color. I remember being at a Super Bowl watch party last year, like 30 people. And when they poured out the Gatorade, we we're like, oh no. Cause I, I think it was one that, that no one was expecting. It was an underdog. It was weird. It was like clear. I'm just not, like, really comfortable putting down money on, like, just an individual bet, you know, like Gatorade color or coin flip. But I joined a prop pool last year with, like, a bunch of different people. It's like a $10 buy-in. And that was a lot of fun, following all the fun stuff throughout the game. And I think the guy that ended up winning it took on, like, one grand. So that was was wild, kind of keeping in touch with all that. You also follow NBA and college hoops very closely. Has anything surprised you with this COVID season with with NBA and college? Um, A couple things have surprised me. Uh, First, in the NBA, home court advantage is non-existent. Did you see the majority of teams in the NBA have a better road record than they do at home? Wow. Which is one of the most alarming things. I think another thing from a betting standpoint for NBA and college is – it's like when you think about being a sports better, you want to find any edge you have. And 
good thing that I was betting on soccer at the start of COVID where I haven't got fallen into the trap of betting on teams coming off of COVID uh, delays or teams battling COVID because those teams are covering at an alarming rate. Like you'd be surprised. You're like, Oh, they have, they're, they, they're, they have their top three players are out due to COVID. Mm-hmm. I think we've probably seen like three games where yeah, that affected them. But think about as many games, as many teams have had COVID issues and they've covered this season has been ridiculous. Uh, it's I'm trying to think of like, well, when DePaul came back, everyone, uh, who they play, they're playing Butler, I believe. Everyone's like, oh, you got to take DePaul. And DePaul just came out there and laid an egg. But then you have a team like Villanova who, who hadn't played games in a while. And, and yeah, they were down to, to start the game, but then they ended up covering. It was like nine and a half point spread that they covered. So you don't really, it's, it's, you would think that COVID would be an issue for you to hammer another team, but it's been kind of treacherous. And this, it, the same way it's been for soccer, where I, I, I remember uh, Newcastle was playing, um, playing like Aston Villa early in the season. They had 12 players out due to COVID. They ended up covering, uh, and they looked like they looked like the best team in soccer. And they're, um, I mean, I think they're 15th on the table. So it's kind of been kind of interesting this year. What I've noticed handicapping different conferences in college basketball is that a lot of teams are doing back-to-backs. Because of COVID, they want to limit travel, so they play in either back-to-back days or back-to-back games. And especially in the Big South, there's extreme value in fading the team that covers in game one, fading that team in game two of a back-to-back. Have you seen that as well, specifically in the NBA? Yeah, the NBA has been very easy to to fade the back-to-back. Fade the back-to-back favorites with like a six or seven point spread. Oh, yeah. And and like, it's been scary too, like the back-to-backs where the, the, the team has been, they've been covering the entire game. And then you can see the tired legs are really starting to affect them. And then they end up winning the game by like four or five. And you hammer home that, that plus seven spread and you're living large. That's what I hate about basketball. What can happen in the last two minutes of a game yeah. <laughs> just will kill you. Like, oh my gosh. Like I had Texas A&M uh, like minus 13 a few weeks back. I think they were playing Sam Houston State or somebody. And they're covering the entire game. They're up 18 with a minute and a half left, and they oh, win. No. They win by 11 and don't cover. Uh, basket, you, know, you just don't see that as much in football. I mean, you obviously have backdoor covers, but basketball, they're just they're just egregious. They will, just, yeah, they are. They will just take the wind out of you, Brad. Oh yeah, and I'm not a big teaser guy too, but I feel like oh, there's value. These, yep. Oh my God, so much value in teasers, especially this season. Like one thing I've noticed too that's been been kind of uh, interesting is. All a team needs in the NBA is one of their superstars. They need one of their superstars. Doesn't matter who else is sitting out. They're going to be a lot better than you think. And I, 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 I uh, will say this about the Miami Heat. Mm. Miami Heat have been dealing with COVID and injuries probably more than any team. Um, and they've been doing pretty well at covering spreads when they've been dogs uh, during this COVID. Yeah. Well, I think issue. the reason for that, Brad, is that people overreact to players being out and they're like, yeah. Oh, the heat don't have Jimmy Butler night. I'm totally taking the nets minus seven. Yep. I, I just think people are overreacting that, like you said, you know, teams that have had COVID issues or players out are, are covering decently well. Yeah. And I think a lot of people aren't looking at, um, this has been huge in the NBA this year is um, teams deficient, de- defensive efficiencies. Like, the public has been hammering the nets ever since James Harden uh, joined the nets and 
they're not even a top 10 team in, in defi- defensive efficiency. And teams like that, when you are attacking a team who's bad defensively, who's a favorite, it doesn't really matter if the other team has players out because they will give up points. I mean, these are NBA players, regardless if there's no superstars. When your team's bad defensively, it, it, it carries over regardless if the team's top players, top scorer is out. And you mentioned Harden going to the Nets, and I remember watching this video back in quarantine, this this handicapper talking about back when LeBron went to the Heat to form the Big Three, he got rich off of fading the Big Three early in that first season because they were still learning how to play together. And, you know, with the Nets, I think those three, Kyrie, KD, and Harden, have only been together on the court for one game so far. Do you think there's going to be value in fading Brooklyn as that core three kind of learns how to gel together? I think so. Um, And the Nets' problems lie way beyond just those three. But um, for those who don't know, I'm a huge James Harden fan. I I follow James Harden every single game. I just ordered my Nets jersey uh, last week. And I've watched watched Nets play. The Nets, their number one problem is without having that time to practice together – they haven't, they don't, haven't built that chemistry, but another problem uh, that, that hurts is not so much on the offensive side is, is rotational basketball. They're not rotating to the right spots. You see a lot of points in the paint for the other team that they're playing. Well, when you think about like the big three in Miami, mm-hmm. when the big three came together, they were still a little competitive at the beginning because they had that, that rim protector, even though they weren't rotating, their defense wasn't good to start off with. The Nets don't have a rim protector. We, we're seeing this. It's really evident that De- DeAndre Jordan is nowhere near what he was a few years ago. And so when you have a, a good rim protector and you have a new team, if, if guys are missing their assignments or they're not rotating to the ball correctly, you kind of get that. He's kind of like a Band-Aid if you have a good rim protector. That's why if, if you haven't seen that, Nets are trying to go after JaVale McGee because they need a rim protector until they can get their defensive woes put, like, figured out. Brad, you're a soccer guy. I don't know soccer, man. I mean, I watch the World Cup every four years, and that's about it. Do you find a lot of value with betting on soccer? And if I and some of our listeners wanted to start betting on soccer, how would we do it? Tell us what we need to know about betting on soccer. I would say if you want to make money betting on soccer, there's a couple things that you need to do. Familiarize yourself with every team's star players, and then you wait until you have a team, and I'm going to use Liverpool as an example. Okay. You have a team like Liverpool who's played a ton of games, and then they have a game of, versus a lesser opponent sandwiched in between a bunch of really important games. You will see, you will see coaches and managers rest their stars. But the public doesn't pay that much attention to who's starting and who's not. Go sprinkle some money on. They played Burnley at the time, I believe they played, and they were like before they. If you bet them live before they got the penalty, they were a plus fourteen hundred underdog. You get them pregame live, they were plus like uh, plus three twenty five. It's worth a sprinkle because when a soccer team's core is not starting, they are not as deadly as they are. It's just like when you see you see good live betting um, in game when a team is really like a, a better team's not playing well and the coach makes some substitutions to get a spark. Really what happens is they become a little bit more discombobulated and you 
nine times out of 10, you'll find value in betting the live over if you're getting all you need is one more goal. But if you need two goals or the live over is like crazy, take the other team. Take the, take the team that's already winning that's the underdog because you'll still get like plus 125. Uh, another bit of advice for betting soccer, don't take heavy favorites. And in soccer, a heavy favorite is like minus 125. Like you want to take anytime you get plus money, you can. And for you guys who follow me, I'm okay with a push. I'm more than okay with a push. I will go after plus money pushes all the time. I do that very frequently because for me, if I'm getting minus one at plus 145, it's better value than me biting the bullet at minus 145 with the variance at so- for money line, with the variance in soccer, you, you leave yourself susceptible to just teams not, team, teams not coming out strong. A three-way money line already minimizes your odds to win a bet. So why are you paying juice? Don't pay the juice. Give yourself a minus one. And if they, they win one, zero, two, one, you live to fight another day. But if you keep paying those minus 145 heavy lines, in the long term, you're going to see a team like Liverpool, a team like Man City, who has six ties on the season. Those six ties are going to come to haunt you because you just paid heavy juice for their money lines. You know, the thing with soccer is you're going to have so many draws, so many ties. Is that tough as a soccer better, you know, kind of having to deal with some of those results? Um, it, it happens a lot. And you have to, you have to, those were called landmines. You have to kind of bounce around those landmines. Figure out, like, this is when you start getting, when you become a soccer better, is when you start getting good at reading the lines. So, how I try to avoid the landmines, I'll look at what's the two money lines, what's the, what's the draw line, and then I'll go look at what the total's set at and then what the team totals are set at. Good example um, Braga was playing Pacos, those are two Port- Portuguese teams. Braga's team total was over one, like minus 295. All right. The spread was minus one for Braga. The, the draw was like plus 255. The total was set at over two and a half. Um, Pacos over one was minus 195. So why would Braga be the favorite? The draw be so high and the total be so low. I don't know. looks like a, a time for the underdog Pacos to put money on Pacos because there's, they're, they're saying that if you want to get Pacos at minus one, if you want to get Pacos at, I mean, over one team total, sure, they'll do it, but you're gonna have to pay the big on it. So this is one of those times where you see lines like that, where something's sketchy. Mm-hmm. Like why, why is Braga team total two plus money? If the totals set at two and a half, but they're a minus one favorite, Braga ended up losing the game two to one. And those are those are just landmines that you have to watch out for because the devil's in the details with soccer. Vegas will tell you what they think is going to happen by if you look at team totals, first half spreads. Another thing, like you just have to you just have to know these guys' lineups like like the back of the hand. Uh, Braga's star player Paulinho sat out. They still had Horta, and, and Horta's a great scorer, but he's not even near the goal total that, that Paulinho has. So you just got to look and read the lines. It's a lot of knowing the teams. It's a lot of paying attention to their schedules. You put all three together, you'll be profitable. I mean, this year in soccer, I'm up 66 units on the season. And I'm only a, I'm only a <laughs> – My goodness, Brad. And I'm only a one to three um, unit better. 
Uh, my cap is three, and I probably only have uh, maybe four three-unit bets all season. So, If I ever start betting on soccer, I am going to tail you for sure. No question about that, and I would encourage our listeners to as well. That was Brad Thomas from the What's the Spread podcast and from NBC Sports. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas. Brad, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. And that was the first episode of Send It. This has been Willie Betts. You can follow me on Twitter at Willie underscore Betts and, of course, on TikTok. See you next time. Until then, send it. Send it.